This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Packer and Durham, pre-power hour is upon us as we continue to stream live on the ESPN app. Number for the show is 844-SAY-ACCN. That's 844-SAY-ACCN. You can participate this hour because we're going to go through a list of what we consider to be the ultimate ACC dynasties, regardless of sports. Mm. And let me just preface one thing, Wes. We're going to go through this list, and I, I'll bet you $100 to a donut. There will be somebody, whether it be on the show, email, tweet, social media, in some shape, way, or form. How did you guys leave off the blankety blank oh, rifle tanks? It'll be there'll be something. Right. right. The list is long. We won't get to all of them, but we're just gonna gonna give you a little salt and pepper here. We're gonna give you a little bit of everything. Right. You're gonna get you get a dose of of some things you may not have never known in terms of sports that just absolutely dominated with the ACC accent to it. So that's the deal. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because invariably when you do stuff like this, and it is list season, by the way, as we say. Yep. Um, it, when you do something like this in list season, there's always a flyover somewhere. That's it. And we're going to be guilty. Just preface it now. We know it's going to happen. We hear you. Name another uh, school that won back-to-back equestrian national championships, and you idiots are up there talking about Florida State football. I, th- there will be that person out there. I promise you. That person exists. I've seen it. I've read it. I've heard it. I've seen them. That person exists. Underwater basket right. weaving. We won five out of six, and you boys never even put it on there. Ah, it's coming. I know. Right. There you go. Yeah. All right. Let, speaking of Florida State football, let's start there, shall we? Yep, let's uh, do it. Because from 1992 to 2001, Nothing Florida like State won a share of nine straight ACC titles and went 70-2 and two in ACC play. 7-0-2. Good night. They set the standard in the 90s, right? Bobby Bowden and the boys come rolling into the league and said, hey, guess what? You guys are going to love the way we play football. And, man, the rest of the conference had to take note and play catch-up. Florida State in that run was unbelievable. Sure Unbelievable. Yep. Agree with you. And, Wes, you know what? You know the other other thing, too, Wes? What would have happened? I think we've had this discussion before. What would have happened if the college football playoff was in existence from the mid-80s? How many times would the combination of Miami and Florida State been in the hunt for additional national championships? Just ask. (laughs) Just ask. Three or four? Three or four. At least. At least. Yeah. At least three or four. Maybe maybe five that I can think of. I mean, it's it's just an amazing, amazing stat. It now take all of that into account too, that if you want to push it beyond two thousand one out to two thousand six, Florida State won fourteen of sixteen ACC championships in football. I mean, you you can push it another five years and throw five more ACC titles on there in some way. I mean, that's just that to me is and it goes back to that top five stat pack that, you know, I, do we ever see that replicated, 
right? 14 years of top five football. Well, I mean, uh, no disrespect. Alabama has been pretty good uh, in that department, but it's it's that it's in that conversation is what it is. But Bobby Bowden, God rest his soul. What a brilliant football coach and an even better person. But man, he have some great teams. Great teams. Sure did. Uh, we've talked about North Carolina women's soccer from 1987 to 2010. They won 21 of the first 23 Atlantic Coast Conference soccer titles. Now, Anson Dorrance joining us next hour ahead of the documentary tomorrow night about his program and its success. <clears throat> the, uh, the amazing thing is the domination nationally. But when you think about it, you know, oh, how many ACC titles you went? Ah, eh, 21 of 23. That's, you know, that's five cycles of recruiting. Um, all right. The current one that stands on its own is what Clemson did from 2015 to 2020 when they won six straight Atlantic Coast Conference football titles. Uh, reason being is the football product is better. Florida State's domination in the early 90s is not to be questioned, but Clemson doing it in the way they did against the competitive level of the rest of the league improving the way it has in those 20-some years, it makes the Tigers' accomplishments unique as well. Uh, there's no question about it. And uh, I have a funny feeling Dabo's not done winning a few more. That's what I think. Mm. Could be Three. again this year. Tigers yep. are going to be tough. Yep, totally, totally agree on that. Um, so let's pivot to basketball. Now, Pac talked about, you know, invariably we're not going to mention somebody here or there or things like that. Let's just say in basketball you can get to dangerous comparisons here, okay? You have to be careful in the eras. You have to be careful with the way you address the eras because the NCAA tournament was a one-team event type deal that became multi-team. As everybody knows, we talked about it during March in 1975. But from 88 to 92, Duke reached five straight Final Fours and won two titles. Uh, this is all the, the good work of Mike Krzyzewski winning 91 and 92. You know, you just get these kind of dominant teams, great recruiting classes in consecutive years type deal. And all of a sudden, you got yourself a brand name for four decades. And that's what, or five decades practically, in the case of Coach K. So Duke certainly deserves to be on there. So, well, here, here's uh, that a, one's easy, right? Well, yes. What I would say about this uh, for everybody who's going to have the basketball arguments with us or with your friends or on media, social media, whatever, you can come up with whatever list you want because there's multiple to pick from here, which is the beauty of being in our league. Right. But if that list does not include what you just mentioned with what Duke did in that five-year run, mm -hmm. you're either biased or an idiot because <laughs> you give me five years better than that, please knock yourself out. I mean, mm -hmm. you, that, that has to be on the short list, what Duke did late 80s, right. early 90s. Must be on no doubt. your short list. I don't care what team you root for. Right. So, like I said, th this topic... I'm sure we'll get some people upset in some shape or form, but you cannot argue uh, Duke's success in that run. That was ridiculous. It's fantastic. All right. Remember now, I just prefaced that whole conversation about eras, right? 
So eras don't necessarily have to be generational, which is measured somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 years. They can actually happen simultaneously. They can also happen sequentially. In the case of North Carolina, from 1981 to 1993, they went to 13 straight Sweet 16s and won two national titles. That's an incredible era of basketball. I mean, 13 straight Sweet 16s, Pac? Uh, When I see these highlights and I see these stats, two words come to mind as an ACC fan. Mm. And those words would be spoiled rotten because we all got spoiled rotten watching excellence. Coaches, players, programs, championships, all Americans, you name it. Every box is checked in ink multiple times. And it was all happening at once. And those weren't the only two, Wes. I mean, it, again, we, uh, you look back at that, it was, they were so good and so consistent that all of us, 100% of us that were old enough, took it for granted. Well, that's what you do. That's what you do in this league. You roll the ball out and you go kick everybody's rear end. And that's just the way it is. That's, it's like getting up and, hey, the sun's coming up and I'm going to go downstairs and put on my socks and shoes and go to work. That's what we do for a living. That's what this conference did for a living. It just rolled the ball out and they kicked your rear end. And those two shades of blue, pretty doggone good, man. They were good. Yeah. They, well, and that's the part about this that I think you have to kind of – you have to – when you get into the basketball product line here, uh, men's for sure some spots in the women uh, over the last 40 years you've got to be you know understanding that there's one and there may be another one doesn't make one better than the other it just means that those were two of the most dominant programs not just in this league but nationally as well That's right. we're going to see it in basketball uh, I think we've been close to having it in football we just haven't had that continuous piece you know, we've had one school, maybe Florida State, one school, maybe Clemson. We've had others contend, but we haven't had somebody stay stride for stride. And not many leagues do in football. It's very difficult to achieve because of the numbers and all the things that happen. Um, but in basketball, in this league, spoiled rotten is the best way to describe it. Because at times, we've had two and four year sequences where the ACC's had as many as three teams nationally that could run this thing all the way to the Final Four. Now, we haven't had three go to the Final Four. We'd like to have three go to the Final Four one time. Well, we did. Um, but we had three. Oh, that's no, right. We, we th- did have three at the Final Four once, well, right? We, we, we had, had three two. number, we had three number one seeds. And then, of course, two. Three number ones, right. But never had three Final Four teams. And we can never get three Final Four teams. There'll be a chest beating going on and pounding off like you've never seen. I mean, just because of that. Um, because that, I think it's harder to accomplish in football, but in basketball, now I think it's a lot It's a lot more difficult than it was 10, 15 years ago, for sure. Well, I'll give the Southeastern Conference a ton of credit. They've been able to pull that off in football, and they've made a commitment in that department. And mm-hmm. it goes back to our ACC football conversation. I keep talking about it. Miami, Florida State, Virginia Tech. We know what Clemson's been able to do. Mm-hmm. You know, the three brands, if you will, have to be good. And if you give me an NC State who's rocking right. and rolling or Pittsburgh's rocking and rolling, North Carolina, Louisville, whatever the combination may be, tremendous. 
But all of that needs to happen, Wes. That goes back to our college football ACC narrative, right? The only way you change the narrative right. is to win games, and that's why your national brands need to be good. It's kind of the same problem the Pac-12 has been going through. Hey, when USC's down, hey, everybody just kind of looks and goes, yeah, okay, Oregon, uh, what else you got? You know, so the only way that mm-hmm. changes is those teams need to be consistently good. We've had that in basketball. We'd love to have that back in football. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that part. Absolutely. And I think if you could ever get two going stride for stride, Pac, that'd be awesome. That's right. It'd be incredible if you could do it. And look, we all know there's another future of the college football playoff. And in some cases, it might be two. And maybe one year, hopefully more often than not, you got three contending. Because if you do, that gives you a better chance to get to the final step of the deal. Um, We've got... uh, we got more of these coming up. These are these are fun to look at, and we're going to look at some more, including uh, more men's basketball, women's basketball, lacrosse, softball, swimming and diving, golf. They're all right here. Golf, golf. Yeah, we got some golf in here now. Got some golf in here. Uh, so we're going to do that more. Best of the dynasties continues uh, when we roll on. Uh, Anson Dorrance, the champion. Coach at North Carolina coming up at uh, coming up at 9.30 this morning. Alonzo Highsmith, in case you missed it, at 8.45. The Winner's Circle continues next on Packer and Durham. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham, pre-power hours upon us. As we mentioned, we're going through a list of ACC dynasties. You can jump on board at 844-SAY-ACCN. Uh, we're not done. We just gave you a one segment. we got a couple more segments. The Alonzo Highsmith interview is coming up from yesterday. That's it, though, at 845. You won't, do not want to miss that. He was great. Um, yeah. Now, I mentioned golf a second ago, Wes. Y- you have to put <laughs> yes, sir. Jesse Haddock and the Wake Forest golf team of uh, the mid-60s all the way through the mm-hmm. 70s, early 80s, and so forth. But the Deeks went on a crazy run. And we just had Curtis Strange on the show last week. He was part of really the sweet spot. Jay Haas, Curtis Strange, that yeah. whole crew. But really, from like the mid-60s mm-hmm. to 1980, I think the Deeks only lost one ACC men's championship. And they won two natties in that run, too. They were just... Crazy good. And Jesse Haddock, the legendary mm-hmm. coach. Um, you heard Curtis tell some great stories about Jesse last week. But, man, that, that was a special time. And, of course, the Deeks this year swept both the men and women's ACC golf championships. First time the Deeks had won it on the men's side since 1989. So, Jerry Haas and the boys got it done. But, man, Jesse Haddock and Wake Forest golf has to be on this list. No question. No question. I think the other thing, too, is I was sitting here just double checking some things as I as I look at this, because I, I you mentioned the 70s with Wake Forest. Right. Um, just give you an example. Pac just mentioned this. 67, 68, 69, 70, 71, 72, 73, 74, 75, 76. ACC champs. Carolina won it in 77. Right. Then uh, Wake came back, won 78, 79, uh, 80. I mean, it's just stupid how good that is. I mean, it's just bananas that Carolina interrupted that train. And then Wake Forest kind of dips. 
Uh, and then all of a sudden you have this Clemson, Georgia Tech thing start to happen, yeah, right? Yeah. In the late 80s. 1981, Wes. That's when it all changed. Clemson golf. Larry Penley. Mm-hmm. Recruited an incredible collection of players. I won't name names. Go and then go ahead. it all go ahead. changed. Tell them who he recruited. It all changed. All that that Wake Forest connection ended. There was Dillard Pruitt. Really go ahead. Play. Who else? Jim McPhee. Go ahead. Who? Tony Nimmer. Can play. Julian Taylor. Norman play. Chapman. Can play. Uh, we can probably play. draw a line there. <laughs> the party meister. The party meister was recruited that year. You had, you had to have a guy. School. You had to have a guy. To social chair. All the glue. Social all chair. All the glue. Right. Some would say the social president of Clemson golf. Not with no president. Mm-mm. Yeah, okay. No El Presidente uh, there, brother. To Mark's point, Clemson won 87, 88, 90. Okay? Wake Forest won the 89. Then Georgia Tech went 91, 92, 93, 94. Unbelievable. Yeah. Then Carolina had a run. Then Clemson came back. That's then Georgia Tech started again in 99. Clemson won in 2000. It's That's why when, you know... We've tried to do it the right way on the show here. When we sell you the idea about the ACC men's or women's golf championships, and this year it was Wake Forest winning the women and the men. Sweeping. It's a phenomenal event on both sides. It's crazy how good those two, that particular sport, and those two championships are year in and year out, Pac. Yeah, yeah. but really kind of, to me, it started with Jesse Haddock and Wake Forest men's golf uh, setting the table yep. mid-60s with the All-Americans, the national championships, the conference domination. Uh, but there have been great runs by multiple schools, as you pointed out, on both the men's and women's. And, and Duke women's golf right now is just rocking. So Dan Brooks, absolutely. Phenomenal, right? With his uh, multiple national championship run and everything else. So, uh, it, it's awesome. Yep. Um, so you got to throw golf in the list because we we have seen some amazing dynasties in this league. All right, uh, North Carolina men's basketball is back on this list. From '04 to '09, they went to three Final Fours. They won two national titles across five seasons. And this was right after Roy Williams took over, Sean May in St. Louis, Tyler Hansbro in Detroit. In an era when Carolina and Duke ran hot. Yep. Ran real hot. Yep. You had the rebirth of North Carolina basketball after um, Coach yep. Smith had, um, you know, obviously retired and done his thing and Bill Guthridge and the Doherty thing. And it was just like, here comes Roy. Roy's coming back home. How long is it going to take? It did not take long because he had it going on. Nope. And just seeing those highlights, and you see the uh, shades of blue and the names on the back of the jerseys, you realize the talent level was through the roof great. And uh, again, spoiled rotten are the two words that pop in mind. Every time I see these highlights from basketball, it doesn't matter what the era is in this league. We as fans in this league have been spoiled because it's been that good and that consistent. Yep. Uh, get Muffet on the phone because from 2013 to 2019 – Notre Dame won five of six ACC titles in women's basketball. Yep. And a litany of stars. And don't forget the Natties. Yep. Don't forget the Natties. You're right. 
I, you know what? Skylar Diggins, Enrique. I got, I got a funny feeling. I know it's been a Louisville NC State thing in women's hoops here lately. I have a funny feeling mm-hmm. that Notre Dame's about ready to throw their name back in the hat for this upcoming year. I know it's yeah. way too early yeah. to talk hoops. We haven't got, we haven't even sniffed talking season for football yet. But it will not surprise. It will not surprise me. Notre Dame women's basketball yeah. is in that conversation at the top for this upcoming year. Yeah, uh, Florida State softball. I mean, between Joanne Graff and Lonnie and everybody else. They've won 18 out of 30 Atlantic Coast Conference titles since joining the league back. Pretty good. That's a crazy stat. Yeah, of course, Lonnie just signed a new deal. Good for her. Well-deserved, well-earned. And uh, softball is rocking in this conference. I mean, it's been a Florida State thing, but, hey, we have seen how the championship deal has worked. Duke wins it last year. Knowles get it back this year. Uh, Notre Dame's got a good program. Mm -hmm. What Clemson's been able to pull off. Virginia Tech had an just absolutely incredible year. Uh, Softball seems to be in a good spot for this conference moving forward. And I'm talking about yep. not only within the I league, but from a national perspective. And just it's just a hot sport. It's hot on television. People are into it. So, you know, people are showing up. Attendance is great. The TV numbers are outstanding. It, it is a cool sport right now to be a part of. Yeah. North Carolina women's lacrosse, 2016 to 2022. It's pretty simple. They've won six straight Atlantic Coast Conference titles. And, of course, just wrapped up the national championship, too. Boy, we were speaking of spoiled. Did we get spoiled with uh, UNC <laughs> yeah. and Boston College in particular? That the budding rivalry, given yep. the fact that both of them are in the last two national champions. Great games this year. Great matches. It's just uh, again, uh, you, yep. you get the Charlotte Norths and the Jamie Ortega. I mean, we got so many stars in this league when it comes to lacrosse, both the men and women. What do you say about this? Uh, what do you say about Virginia all the time, Pac? Comes to what water. What did you say about Virginia? Comes to water and the hooves. Yeah. It equals equals domination, championships, titles. You name it. <laughs> could be rowing, could be crew, well, could be swimming or diving. If it's water and it's the hooves, there you go. Yep, Virginia's women swimming and diving, thirteen of fifteen ACC titles, and the first two NCAA titles in the sport by an ACC team. I mean, it's just. When you put that down, you go, wait a second. Okay, it's, it is something. Hello, Carla Williams with the cannonball. I always like that video with yeah. Carla Williams with the cannonball. Pretty yep. good form, too, by the way, for Carla. Yep. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> uh, we'll close this segment with Duke women's basketball. From 1999 to 2004, uh, the work of Gail Guestencores in Duke basketball was phenomenal. They won five straight... ACC titles, uh, Atlanta Beard, one of the great players in ACC history. And Duke and Carolina played some incredible games, too. Just some unbelievable games uh, in that time frame from 99 to 2004. But uh, Coach G had a rolling at Cameron. I miss, uh, I miss talking to Atlanta Beard. She's a cool lady now. I really yep. liked her. Yep. She's busy. Yeah, she lives out in the West Coast. Got a lot going on uh, now. She's busy. Yeah. She's got a lot going on. Talk about somebody's maximized their basketball career to their business side. She's done a terrific job with that for sure. Yeah, no question. Uh, more Dynasty talk coming up. Don't forget Alonzo Highsmith in case you missed it from yesterday at 845. When we and, come back. Wait, wait, and your quarterback list coming up at 9 o'clock, right? 
Oh, yeah, we're in the 9 o'clock hour for my quarterback. Uh, you knew we'd get to field hockey. And we're going to get in the way back machine on hoops, too. We'll do that when Packer and Durham continues. Packer and Durham. Uh, I told you going to the break, we're going to get in the Wayback Machine. But we're going back to the very beginning. Year one of the league, 1953 to 1959. There is no question what Everett Case did in the early years of basketball in this league. Sparked the whole thing. Won four of the first six ACC titles. The standard in men's basketball was set by the Gray Fox. Yep. Right? No doubt. And terrific teams. Now, some of you Wolfpack fans, what about David Thompson? What about that 74 team? Yeah, what about him, Wes? You take two years. You take two years. You can have that discussion. But it's only two years. Now, here's the conversation you have to have amongst yourselves, with your buddies, whatever. What constitutes the dynasty pack? Does two years do it? No. Two years does not do it. If the, for example, if the Atlanta Braves win the World Series this year, it's not a dynasty. It's not. That's right. Sorry. You win three and five, That's you right. can talk about it. Two? No. Right. No. no. NC State, early 70s, great teams. Norm Sloan, enough said. Uh, Thompson, Burleson, Tal. We know the drill. Uh, and I, again, this was in my heyday because I was a big NC State fan as a kid growing up. Uh, and it was a great run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dynasty, I don't think it would fall under that category. I do not. I don't. Played for the ACC pack. Here's the note. Played for the ACC title in 1975. Lost the year to Phil after Ford. winning the national championship. Phil Ford. Lost to it. Phil Ford in Carolina. NC State did not play for the ACC championship again until 83. Yeah, that's why. That's why I think you can draw the line there. And I loved, loved, loved the red and white of NC State at that time. But mm-hmm. Dynasty, I would not put it under that category. I would not. Yeah. Now, maybe if we ask uh, Joe Giglio, he may come up with more fantasy wins and have NC State should have actually did win like four of those titles, but they didn't. Right. Maybe that's different if you want to play right. fantasy sports, but I would not. No. Okay. Uh, Duke. Men's basketball, 1998 to 2006. The Blue Devils are on this list because during that time frame, they won seven of eight ACC titles. Hey, there's Carlos Boozer. Yeah, he walked. They didn't Uh, get the call. That's right. If you want to extend it through 2011, they won 10 of 13 ACC men's basketball titles. Uh, There's a lot you can say about Duke. And one of the things is they've done something that not many people thought was possible, and that is uh, in the last 23 years entering this year's ACC tournament, the last 23 years, uh, they've won 12 titles, they've appeared in the finals 14 times, and had 50 wins and only 10 losses at the ACC tournament. Wow. Is that any good? Seriously, is that any good? good? Yeah. I'd say that's called that's called keeping score is what that's called. That's called scoreboard. Yeah. I and and here's the thing. 
if, if we're going to get into the bigger men's basketball dynasty talk, I believe that Duke's 98-06 to run is kind of the place where all of this starts. So you put that up on that shelf, that run, because that was multiple teams in the NCAA tournament, national championship period, things of that nature. And then you kind of build blocks around it to contend with it. I think it's the one you have to measure everything else by. Ooh. Not that it's the best, but I think you got to put it up there to say, okay, here's where we're going to start. Now, who else is contending? Who else is in that neighborhood? Okay, then my question would be, if it's not the Duke standard, who is the standard to where you begin the discussion? Well, I think it's the first Duke run that we put on our list here. Uh, that, that, that we started talking about the talking? one in the 90s, the one in 88 to 92, yeah. And I'll tell you why, Wes, because you said when it started to me, that's when it started for Duke. And this run that you're talking about from 98 to 06 was spectacular, right? Just awesome. But we'd already had sure. a sample of Duke greatness in terms of multiple years, year after year. We'd already sampled that before we got to 98. Now, I think 98. No, no, was, I, I. Do you want to rephrase the question? I got what you're saying. Well, what I'm saying is when we have a discussion about, you know, stretches of basketball success in the ACC, and we talk about, you know, the Carolina 05 to 9 scenario, we talk about, you know, Duke from 98 to 06. I think 98 to 06 is up there with like Carolina 0509. It's up there with NC, well, with uh, NC State's early one, the 53 to 59 situation. You know, you get those, then you go Carolina, the 13 straight Sweet 16s. I mean, we got to build know, it somewhere. I, Where do we start? I, a team that goes, a team that wins seven out of eight ACC titles pack? You know what, though, Wes? I could counter with you, which is what I'm going to do. I could counter with you by saying the consistency of Dean Smith over not one, not two, but three decades of never, ever finishing out of what? The top two or top three? There's some crazy stat. I don't have it at the top of my head. We'll never see that again. I don't care what the sport is. You pick. You freaking pick. Uh, and this was a, a sport in which it wasn't just one team and they were really the best and nobody else really cared. We're talking about men's basketball in this league. And I thought Dean Smith's consistency, I mean, these are cool, amazing stats that were given to you. Duke's run over eight years or Carolina for this or Florida State for a lot. I'm talking over three decades uh, in a league oh, that no was doubt. incredibly competitive with all-time great coaches mm-hmm. and players and there was always this, they didn't win it every year, but you know what? They were never out of it. And I, to me, right. to me, that is the kind of standard that really separates itself from everybody. I mean, everybody can kind of get hot and you, you get the right coach, the right time, the right players, and you have a run of four to six to eight years, and it's incredible. I mean, it, it, that happens. Mm-hmm. But who does it over three decades at, at a level in which, hey, they may not win it, but guess what? They're going to stick their nose in your business, and they're going to be a factor. And I thought that's what Dean Smith yeah. was able to do at North Carolina in men's basketball during the heyday, heyday of ACC hoops. To me, that, that to me was always kind of like that, that measurement of consistency told me everything I need to know. 
K was awesome. Yeah, I think all these runs are great, but man, that was unbelievable. I think when you start again, as I said when we began this rundown uh, earlier in the hour, I think when you start talking about eras and things of that nature, you have to find common ground. 20 or more wins for the number of years that Carolina did it. The top three finished in the ACC, right? The thing you're talking about. Yeah. In Duke's situation, their stretch of seven of eight ACC titles, and you could say 10 of 13 if you wanted to. I just gave you the stat going into the ACC tournament last year, their tournament success where they were 50 and 10. Um, you know, I you start talking about stretches here. You know, we're not even looking at, like we're talking about the 73-74 NC State scenario. Uh, Duke and Carolina became Duke and Carolina through a stretch of about 20 years here where, you know, from 86 to 2006, it became a thing. It became a national thing. It was already a thing. It was a thing in the ACC, and it was a thing twice a year on television that people loved, and they play occasionally for the ACC title, as you know. But it became a national thing in a 20-year period from 86 to 2006 that reverberates today. And, oh, by the way, they just landed, what, two haymakers on top of everybody in college athletics, the last game at Cameron and the one in the Final Four because they went to a stage nobody had ever seen them on and delivered an unbelievable game. But that's the problem when you get into eras and you get into comparisons. I don't think there is an exclusive winner to any of this other than I think that you have to say, okay, we're going to take these three or four and they're in a group. And I would take your Carolina 30-year with Coach Smith's stretch, the 20-year, 20-plus wins over 30-some years. All those things come into play. Um, much like we talk about Anson Dorrance, who's going to join us next hour and what he did over that 20-some-year stretch, right? I mean, it's phenomenal. That's, uh, that's how you get to these discussions. But, man, Duke and Carolina deliver every time, and that's why, because they are who they are. And, you know, it's, it's, the league gets, gets pigeonholed sometimes as a basketball league, and there are other sports, obviously, that are incredibly successful. But historically – those two right there stand in the middle of a ring and throw haymakers at one another and people sit there and go, whoa, we don't see that anywhere else. There's some right. truth to that, too. Yeah, there's, some, so. there's a lot of truth to that. Um, yeah, I tell you what, if you don't mention the UVA rowing team, I'm going to be very upset at you. If you don't they're get on the, this list. They got to be on the list. Got to yeah, be on the list. Yeah, they won 21 of 22 ACC titles ever held. Come on. Look at that. That's crazy, right? We had VV on here. So we get yeah. points for that, too. Yep. Uh, Carolina field hockey. I mean, come on, Karen Shelton. We got to talk to Karen Shelton. 14 of 15 ACC titles from 83 to 98. From 2011 to 2022, she's won 8 of 11. 22 ACC titles in 36 sequences. Come on. That's crazy. Hey, I got the field hockey sticks here to prove it. I got three of them. They got national championships written all over it. Sits right here behind Plus, you had the goat. Yeah. You had the goat. Aaron Matson. Uh, Love Aaron yep. Matson. Uh, Florida State's women's soccer program, eight of the last 11 ACC titles, uh, 2011 to 2021. That's bananas. Duke's women's golf program. Oh, here's Florida State now. Look at that. Yeah. 
National champs. One of seven yeah. this year for the Atlantic Coast Conference. One of seven natties the league had this year for the sports calendar year. That's crazy, too. Right. Um, Duke's women's golf. We talked about Coach Brooks earlier. 13 straight ACC titles from 1996 to 2008. They have the most national titles of any sport at Duke. That's right. Let that marinate. There's a bar bet mm. for you. Yeah. Um, stay on the women's tennis beat at Duke. They've won 14 straight ACC titles from 1988 to 2001. Man, that's just sheer domination. The end of the day, for the last 40-some-odd minutes we've been going through dynasties, you just want to hear your school listed on here. At the, I mean, you'll get into an argument, yeah. which is the best one you've ever seen, and all that. Whatever. Whatever makes you happy to answer your question on that. But you just want to hear your name mentioned. Because once you've heard your school mentioned, you've had some cool stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Just telling you. That's the way it works. Uh, we'll close this list, and I know it's not complete. With NC State's women's cross country. Of course. Because as we know, the chariot of champions. That's where it all started. Is here. That's the exactly driver. right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Uh, from That's 78 right. to 2001, they won 19 of the first 24 ACC titles held. And they're currently on a run of six straight ACC titles. I mentioned the ACC won seven national championships this year. It's tied with the Big 12 mm-hmm. for the most. So if you want the it just means right. more scoreboard, that's what it is. It's the ACC 7, the Big right. 12 at 7, and Team Natties. Now, the Big 12 could still win baseball, right, because Oklahoma is still alive amongst all those SEC right. teams out there. But the ACC was seven of them, and it all started with the Chariot of Champions. That's where it all got started. It go. was the catalyst for an amazing year in the Atlantic Coast Conference yeah. in terms of hardware. That's where we're going to I'm it. sure the commissioner will give you full credit for that. I don't want credit. When we all I, don't, I don't want, first of all, I don't want any credit. And number two, if anybody's going to get it, <laughs> it should be the commish because he's the one that bestowed upon me an idea to drive the chair to champions. Yeah. And look what it turned into. There you go. Enough said. There you go. <laughs> all right. When we come back, Alonzo Highsmith from yesterday's show. It is he a was terrific great. visit with the general manager of football ops. Former running back has been called home to help Mario Cristobal. And you'll hear from Alonzo Highsmith next on Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Yep, after 20-odd years in the National Football League as a player and later as a, a scouting executive, most notably in Seattle with John Schneider and the Seahawks, Alonzo Highsmith has come back to Miami as the general manager of football ops. So how did it happen? Well, here he is in case you missed it. I really never thought about this. I've been visiting the University of Miami for a lot of years as a college scout. And um, I thought about something like this in college football, but I didn't re- did never really think it was going to happen. And, uh, you know, I love John Schneider. I love working in the NFL. I-, I love everything about college football. I love the NFL draft. I like pre- building teams and preparing for the season in the NFL. But um, this opportunity came along, and, and I thought it was something I couldn't pass up. Um, you know, an opportunity to work with Mario, who I have the utmost respect for because of his work ethic, his tenacity, 
And then I saw the coaching staff and then Rad, Dan Radakovich, the athletic director. When they talked to me and we talked about the Miami football program, it was everything I wanted to hear. And um, I decided that I could not pass up this opportunity. I didn't want to look back 15 years from now and say, hey, I should have taken this job. So basically, that's why I did it. And uh, it's my hometown. I went to high school here, played college football yep. here. So it made a lot of sense to me. Alonzo, uh, being the GM of football operations, it's really become a trend uh, I think right now in college athletics, whether it be name, image, and likeness, the general manager of a program, uh, and it feels like college football, and not that going to be naive to say it's not the NFL, it's not the NFL, but there are now becoming more and more layers that feel like the NFL. Did that make this kind of a natural progression? You talked about the emotional tie to Miami, and given what you were doing with the Seahawks and in the NFL, it seems like this is almost kind of a no-brainer for you as far as your experience and what you can now take the college game to the next level. Well, you know, the thing I love about this job, and it's very similar to pro football, because no matter what title you have, no matter what you do, it's all about evaluation of players, um, whether it's high school level, <clears throat> college level, pro level. It all comes down to the evaluation of players, understanding what it takes to build a football team, understanding um, the ideologies that each team uses and, and a process that a team follows to, de to develop their football team. And I think Mario has a blueprint for success. Um, I want to lend to that blueprint some ideas I have. How important, at least early on in your first month or so, has been understanding you've got 85 scholarships. You don't have to worry about 53 in the practice squad anymore, but you got 85 scholarships and you can have 105 total. How, how volatile is that particular number in rebuilding Miami's football fortunes? Well, I think one of the things you have to think about is, well, the, you know, I got I got here late in the portal part of it and the portal stuff is done now. But you're exactly right. It's an ever evolving situation in college football as far as the roster. Um, you know, you've got 85 players. It, it's a little bit similar to pro pro in the pro game a little bit because we've got 53 men rosters and 16 practice squad players. So, you know. Right. The numbers are a little bit off, but you have more walk-ons. You have a total of more players in college. But the thing you always have to remember about college is these kids are 17 and 18 years old. And, you know, they're very impressionable. They're very um, sensitive these days. Um, everybody thinks they should be playing right now. Um, you've got kids that want to transfer. Kids... Um, coming into colleges, you've got junior college. That, and you're exactly right. This roster is always going to evolve just because I, I, it's kind of like the weather. It just, it's going to happen regardless <laughs> of what you do. So you might as well bring an umbrella with you because it's going to rain. And kids are going to change schools and, you know, parents are involved now. And I, I think one of the main things I want to explain to kids and explain to parents is, hey, there's a lot better players than you who have mm. redshirted, who didn't play. Your time will come with work ethic. Um, making a commitment to a program means 
staying there and developing as a player. You feel the momentum? I mean, you've been around success at, at a lot of levels here. Do you feel the momentum even before you guys put it on the tee in September? I mean, is it is it that palatable about uh, about where Miami's going here? Well, you, you know what? I, You know, being in the NFL the last 25 years and you watch college football, there's always momentum when new coaches are coming in and, and, and somebody coming into Miami like Mario or myself. Of course, there's going to be a fan reaction and there's going to be momentum built in the program with Dan Radakovich, the new things we're doing here right now. But, you know, I, I really don't, I, you know, people ask me, they say, what do you want to say when you come in? I'm, I really don't have much to say other than speak less and prove it. Um, mm. You know, every year we see coaches come in and they, everyone gives the rah-rah speeches. We're going to do this. We're going to get back and four years later you're at the same point again but my, my goal coming in here is to uncover every stone in the state of florida scouting know every single player in the city of miami make it hard for kids to leave miami i mean it's we're gonna have right. to do do such a good job of recruiting and playing well on the field that we want to make it hard for kids to leave the city of Miami and leave the state of Florida. And when we can do that, we'll be relevant in college football. We've got a lot of work to do. We've got to mend fences in the state of Florida, the city of Miami. We have to give these kids something to look for and a reason to come to Miami. It's a two-way street in life. You know, as much as you want to take, you also got to give. You have to give people a reason to believe. I I can't get up here and tell you we're going to bring back the past and all that stuff because I don't live in the past. I believe in the moment of the moment, which is now. I want these kids mm. to live in the moment. I want it to be their time. These kids got to be tired of hearing about 1983, 2001. I mean, you know, you, you can only take so much. And I want these kids to make their own, to have their own identity. I want, to, I want them to recreate history. And you know what? You're right. We can't do, we can't bring back the past, right? But we can do it better. Mm, really enjoyed our conversation with him. Alonzo was outstanding. Yep. Sign up for that if you're a Miami fan because he uh, he operates with reality. He doesn't operate with a you know fantasy land, does he? Hey, it's unbelievable. Liked, good I for him it. and liked everything. He said. Good for the University of Miami and and ultimately good for ACC football. I think too. So totally uh, we'll see. Unf- yep, unfolds early for those guys and uh, looking forward to watching. Power Hour is next. We're going to cap baseball after Notre Dame's loss yesterday to A&M. The finality kind of has set in, not only for the Irish, but for the ACC. Big picture stuff here with Gabby Sanchez next on Packer and Durham. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371 and streaming on the ESPN app.